Everybody that's all hand-horned. This is Benjamin Wednesday. This is Jerry. Oh, driver of the Cat Monster truck. This is David Smith with King Crunch. Hey, this is Darren Basil. Hey, this is Mark Shreya, the driver of the Devastator Monster truck. Gary Shunt, Jr. Hey, this is Barry Moustower, and you're listening to allmonster.com Beyond the Land. A picture or a video may be worth a thousand words, but sometimes bigger stories not always told. We are a program dedicated to telling you those stories analysts and opinions from those that go beyond the lens. We are allmonster.com beyond the lens. Hello and welcome back from our week hiatus here at allmonster.com beyond the lens. This week I am joined by Ed Hollywood Horman and the money Dustin Hart. This week we are going to be covering a few of the events that happened uh, this previous weekend as well as previewing a couple this coming weekend. Got some big things going on in the world of monster trucks, a little bit of downtime, and now we're right back at it. So I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, we're going to kick things right off with uh, this past weekend, the iWireless Center for the first time in five years hosted a monster jam at the Mark of the Quad Cities, Moline, Illinois. And uh, the emerging storylines from this show to me were a couple of things. First of all, Pablo Huffaker and Gravedigger only took one of the four combined racing and freestyle events. Uh, in part, racing there, I have been to this show before, and it is a concrete surface. If your tires are not cut for that, or if you don't put some coke syrup down on the floor or something like that, traction's an issue, and uh, Gravedigger was shut out from those wins in the racing competition, in part due to a, uh, a lighter buffed tire that uh, he acquired recently. They thought this was going to be a dirt show originally, and... Uh, Ended up being a concrete show. Anytime you have a concrete show, you need good traction off the line or you're pretty much sunk. And uh, that happened to Pablo this weekend. Stepping in for him, though, was his teammate, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Aaron Basil. And Basil, as usual, had a great night, uh, did a good job in the wheelie contest, and then brought home that big racing victory on on Friday. So uh, it's always good to see him run well. Uh, he's a great second truck driver. It would be great, in my opinion, to see him get into uh, you know a situation where he could maybe run a little bit harder, do a little bit more of his own thing, but uh, he seems content in that turtle truck, been doing great. And then the other story of the weekend is Alex Blackwell and Captain's Curse. He got a, a racing and freestyle sweep on Saturday night, the second show of the weekend. So it was great to see Alex do well. He has some cut uh, some cut tires as opposed to the buff ones as well. Obviously that helped him in racing, and uh, he is just very well balanced as a driver and uh, does a great job being aggressive behind the wheel of Captain's Curse. So great to see him do well. Another concrete show that he dominates at. So good to see him get 50% of the victories on the weekend as well. So good to see that as well. Hometown boy Ryan Rice and the Incinerator, uh, allmonster.com client. Check out generalhazard.com. He was there, had a solid weekend, second and third places all around and right in the middle of the pack. So congratulations to everybody at the Moline Illinois Monster Jam, and we will be seeing more from all of those trucks coming up this summer. We're going to be talking about that later. Ed, what do you have for us on the rest of the weekend's results? Yep. Uh, first, I want to mention the guys over Concussion Motorsports. they got a few things going on. On their Facebook page, which you go to facebook.com, then go up to your search bar, look for Concussion Motorsports. They're doing a t-shirt design contest. I uh, wanted to give them throw out to that one. I thought it was a cool idea. So get your design ideas into that. They got the rules and everything over there, so go over there and check it out. Also, uh, the new issue of Mud Life Magazine, which came out May 1st, they have a nice write-up about them, uh, about the build-up of their chassis and so on and so forth. Uh, the guys just got done building the new Bigfoot, and also they are in the process of finishing up the new USA 1. 
so let me go into results from this past weekend. The deals with the USA One. Chandler Lloyd, the new owner of the USA One, uh, and his old school motorsports group were in Georgia. Uh, the big selling point for this show was to USA One, the second truck with Everett Jadsmert there, also was Bigfoot One with uh, Jimmy Kramer and Bob Chandler. So that was kind of neat to see those two trucks back from the old school era, just uh, able to sit next to each other with a nice photo op. Uh, but the results from that show were Mac Plecker and the ballistic truck pretty much dominated everything and uh, won freestyle and racing. Uh, Dustin, you got something to tell us about this coming up weekend? Well, guys, it's good. it's that time of year once again. It's uh, it's early May. The weather's starting to warm up a little bit, and it's about time you know kick, go out and kick it at the beach. And uh, that's exactly what I'll be doing this weekend. Heading up to Virginia Beach, Virginia for the annual Monsters on the Beach. Uh, always a fantastic event for. Uh, three days, four shows, uh, a lot of fun. We've got seven monster trucks rolling in this year. We've got uh, Gravedigger, El Toro Loco, Stone Crusher, Mopar Magic, uh, the brand new Bad Habit Body, uh, Sky Hardsock and Gunslinger, and uh, Dog Nolke and Tailgater, uh, along with uh, plenty of uh, Tough Truck friends and Quad Wars and uh, our good buddy Mike West and Megasaurus. So, uh, Anybody that just happens to be in the area, you got to come out and check it out. Always a fantastic event. Um, I'll be on hand covering all the action myself, and uh, you know, really looking forward to get out there and uh, you know, see some action go down on the ocean front. All right, we're going to move on to our discussion topic here for the week, and uh, media is something that's always very important to any sport and how it's represented or it's represented. Um, I know Ed and myself recently were going back and forth over a recent media deal with the NHL, and that got us thinking, you know, what do we see as being the future for media in monster truck racing? And uh, what are the various forms of media that we feel need to be utilized or instituted? And uh, I really felt like this was a great roundtable discussion topic. And uh, so, guys, what do you think about as far as media for monster truck racing? How is it? What what needs to happen? All right. You know, the, the one thing that I definitely think needs to happen, and as you said, Dust, me and you really talked about this. Actually, all three of us have talked about this privately, and I think live streaming. Um, I think that that's going to be the next big thing to hit the monster truck industry as a whole, you know, from the small promoters to Monster Jam itself. Um, for the people that might not know live streaming or understand it completely, let me put it in a nutshell. Basically, it's kind of what we do here, but it's going to be live. Uh, you can you we see the event live as it happens, kind of like you know speed coverage of it, whatever. But it's going to be live in your face, that type of action right there on your internet. Uh, if they don't live stream it, what I'd like to see is a um, viewer viewer on demand, so you can see it whenever you want to see it. Uh, you know, maybe they don't live stream the event, stream it live, but they let you st- uh, watch it after the event, maybe two hours after the event, so they can quickly edit it together. Then you can uh, watch it. Uh, you know, maybe they do a pay-per-click pay uh, model, or they you just let you watch for free. But I think live streaming is the one thing that I see. You bring up a very interesting point there, Ed. Um, I know you and I have actually, you know, what kind of spurred the discussion with us was uh, we've seen where in other forms of racing we've seen, uh, you know, live, you know, streaming web access and, stuff like that. Um, one that comes to mind immediately with its uh, you know, close association with monster truck racing is the Torque Series. The Traxxas Torque Series, they provide a live free stream of all of their events 
and basically what they have is just uh, whatever they provide on the in-house jumbotron f feed streamed over the internet. And I thought this is a really that's a really interesting model and a really interesting way to go about it because what they provide already, as far as you know, what you see at, at an event, you know, on the jumbotron or whatever screen they bring in, it's a fairly good, nearly TV quality production. You know, with the limited amount of resources they have available, and you know, still being able to run everything live, it's a good production, and it's become a big favorite amongst the people uh, in the short course off-road industry, because you know, not everybody gets the chance to make it out to Crandon or you know wherever you know Bertrand or wherever. So, you know, it's nice to be able to have that option to still follow the event action live instead of having to wait. You know two, three, four months until after the fact in order to see the event on television. And I think really it's an interesting idea there because most of the stadiums that Monster Jam and, you know, or some of these other promoters run in, they already have, you know, the capabilities of running and managing a Jumbotron. I feel like, you know, maybe there's a possibility in providing just simply a Jumbotron feed. We see this even with uh, the NHL Center Ice Package, if a game is blacked out and there's no television coverage, if you live in a different country from where the game is being blacked out, you can actually see the in-house Jumbotron feed. So, uh, I don't know. It's something that's really intrigued me. Robbie, do you have anything to comment on? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple different perspectives you can go from on this. I understand why everybody would want something like this on the first hand. Uh, on the second hand, it is a business. And, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned you mentioned packages that people can buy, things that people can do. Uh, the fact that not everybody can get out to a Cranon or everything else, and uh, those are all very important points. I think we need to dissect this a little bit more. Uh, my personal opinion and my, I guess, explanation to myself when I've thought about this for why it hasn't happened with any promoters or any monster truck stuff. Uh, I think that it that it's a money thing. I think that. If you can get somebody to come out, pay $125 for their gold circle seat, and uh, buy merchandise, buy all the gas and stuff on the way there, buy food, um, you know, and you can get them to do that just for a little bit of Monster Jam, uh, you know, then that's a pretty good deal for them, uh, be them being the promoters. You know, uh, the website that, uh, that exists for a lot of promoters is there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to sell tickets. And I've been told this by multiple people that work for multiple different promoters. Uh, you know, the idea of the, the website, the idea of everything is to sell tickets to the shows. I think there needs to be some balance personally. Um, yes, the websites are there to sell tickets. But, uh, you know, my personal philosophy on all the website stuff is, you know, you want to give the fans more. You want to give them something that's cool. You want to add to what's already there. And uh, I think that, I think that there can be a balance between existing only to sell tickets for the live events and uh, giving those that aren't fortunate enough to get to the events, especially with you know things like the economy, the gas prices, and everything now. It's not cheap to go to a Monster Jam. It's not cheap to go to a CFP event. I know that I'm debating on going to uh, Dan Patrick's open house this weekend simply because gas is through the roof. It's only two hours for me. It's going to be a great event, but uh, I think it's pretty tough when you're even debating on something like that, uh, to consider to go into some events. I don't think attendance has been down. If anything, people have been saving their money and being diligent about it. But uh, the fact of the matter is now it's to the point where, hey, there's only 50,000 or 70,000 spots available. Some events have been sold out for years now. Um, 
what do we do with the rest of the people? What do we do with the people from other countries as Monster Jam continues to expand? My answer would be yes, do a live feed. The, the money's there, uh, available for lots of different reasons. And uh, my personal opinion is maybe we can, we can say, you know, charge a certain amount for a season's worth of, of shows or, or, you know, to be connected to the live stream, have people log in, do whatever. But, uh, you know, I know I personally would pay a little bit of money to be able to see the event as it happens if I wasn't able to get out, of, uh, out to it. I don't think that would stop people from going to the shows live. Rob, you brought up a good point. I actually was thinking about that at first, about, you know, uh, the vehicle being to sell tickets. And then, you know, you brought up the other point you made, and that was what uh, exactly what I was about to say. And I would be willing to pay a certain amount of money for a whole season, but I also think they should give you the option of being able just to pay for that one event. Uh, even if they don't uh, stream it live that exact you know, when it's happening, maybe they stream it an hour or two after the event happens. I'm even okay with that. Uh, and the thing that really, uh, the money thing with how much you'd have to spend to do this is not exact, not as much as a lot of people think. You know, small promoters can go out and do this. Monster Jam will be able to go out and do this easily. Dustin hit upon it. You know, like you're at some of those bigger stadiums, you're already doing the Jumbotron feed. You know, just can, you know, put that into the internet and there you go. And and I think a, another reason why promoters aren't doing this is, is they're kind of afraid of the um, the lag issue or the issue of bandwidth um, coming from the arena. Uh, maybe they don't fully understand it, and that's what is holding them back. Between money and that, that's my two things why I, I don't see them having done it yet. But I definitely hope that they they start to do it because like we like you know Robbie just said we'd all be willing to put a little bit of money down to watch an event as it happens or after it happened to me you know there's some you know there's always you have to look at both sides of the equation here and you know if you're a promoter you have to look at it and say well hey you know am i going to let people in the area from that we're doing this event at be able to watch this stream and not come out to the arena and that's you know an interesting you know question for them to have to deal with because okay could possibly risk some ticket sale loss in allowing this to happen would you maybe institute a blackout policy to where if you're within say you know 90 miles of an event that you you know black them out from the stream live and make them have to watch maybe later or you know to influence people going to the actual event or i mean in the case of you know an event like las vegas it's something that we see every year where people ask, is the event going to be on pay-per-view? When is it going to be on television? Is there going to be a live stream? Is there going to be, you know, streaming updates of any kind? And, you know, it's, I see that there's a chance for a demand there. I think it's something that you would have to do a little bit of research and trying to figure out just what the people, how much people, how many people you could actually get, you know, involved in this on a regular basis. I feel like there's enough diehard fans in this sport that, you know, you know, you could be able to get a decent chunk of fans paying, you know, maybe 20, 30 bucks a year, you know, to be able to sit back and watch some streaming events from, you know, Jumbotron feeds. You know, if you've ever been out to Las Vegas in the World Finals, you know, one, it's an expensive trip. And, you know, two, that everything adds up, you know, really fast with that trip because the, the most diehard fans in the, in the world come out to that event. And they're not just coming out there to watch the show and then go home. 
you know, a lot of them are bringing home a lot of expensive merchandise. A lot of them are picking up a lot of different things. And so, yeah, you have to be concerned about the fact that maybe, you know, with these people not coming, you know, with somebody not coming out to an event, are they going to be able to recoup anything in merchandise sales? Are these people going to buy merchandise from home or, you know, you know, online? Or are they going to, you know, just skip out on that altogether? You know, there's a lot of interesting things that you have to take into thought from the vantage point of a promoter. Personally, I would love to see the option of being able to purchase, you know, say a first quarter pass. And maybe you don't have to have the, you know, you don't want to overlap your coverage with maybe what events you're doing for speed, but you could have access to many of the other numerous stadium events going on around the country. If you're going to be filming an event in Atlanta and you don't want that to be overlapped with your speed coverage, show an event from, you know, say Anaheim, for example, or wherever, somewhere on the West Coast. I think the options there and, you know, that they can show enough events to where it would be worthwhile without it overlapping their speed coverage as well. Yeah, those are, uh, those are good points all around, and these are a lot of good ideas here. Uh, you know, the, the biggest question is it all comes down to the bottom line, and uh, is it worth, do you guys think, I'm posing this question to you, do you think it's worth the effort that they would put in uh, to set these things up at different stadiums across the country uh, in return for the, the money they get back? Do you think this is worth the effort? Definitely. I see them making their return plus more with this. Um, you know, I've talked to people, uh, even, you know, I've talked to people and even myself, I would be more than willing to spend money that, to do this. I think that if you had the right, right price point, you could do this and make a lot of money. You can even bring in more sponsors to your to your organization. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting to look at because it does require, you know, an extra hand and an extra computer and stuff like that. But as I said earlier, in a lot of these buildings that you know they go that Monster Jam goes to, you have you know an already a pretty well done jumbo trot feed going on throughout the event. Whether it's you know you have your announcer on the floor, you know interviewing drivers, talking to the fans, stuff like that, and then you've got you know the the in house cameras showing you angles of you know whatever. Um, feel like that there's enough there that. You know, people would be interested or willing to pay it for it, or you know, be able to view it online. Um, you know, of course, if you're talking about a pay system, then you know you've got to have somebody that's capable of maintaining that system, making sure that its uptime is you know 100%. You don't run into any glitches or anything like that, or otherwise you're going to turn away your audience really fast. Um, you know, that's where you start running into some issues. I think more with going for a pay system in that you know. Because people are paying for this service, you have to start putting more people involved with it than just simply setting up a free stream, you know, that you could use any other streaming service through. Um, you know, I don't think that there's a whole lot that has to be done as far as, you know, getting any equipment or anything like that. Really, all you need with this system is a decent powered laptop that can, you know, encode video on the fly. It's really not that intense you can set up a live stream you know there's enough streaming websites out there to where you can watch a a quality stream and set it up yourself in a matter of no time most of these buildings you know are major sports buildings you know where major you know sports leagues operate out of whether it be major league baseball mls nfl nba nhl etc etc they have quality internet connections 
that you can work with. The bandwidth, I don't believe, is that big of an issue. It's, you know, having somebody there to make sure that everything is up and dealing with, you know, potential customer service issues and situations like that to where it starts complicating the issue instead of it just being, oh, hey, here's a live stream. Check it out. Yeah, I think the the model there, you know, there's there are several models to follow. As as you mentioned, this has been seen and been done uh, by other promoters. And, you know, as far as the media, as far as seasons and review and things like that, it's going to be tough when the history of, of Monster Trucks is written because we don't have a lot of footage, a lot of material to go off of. You know, hey, in 2004, this happened. In 2005, this happened. And uh, I find that interesting. You know, we have the World Finals DVD every year, and that's fine and dandy. But, you know, for example, Supercross has the bar-to-bar DVDs every year, the Seasons of Review. And we only have a few of those out there. Uh, and it would be important to learn the history and, and develop an appreciation. You know, NASCAR has that even, you know. Uh, they're always talking about breaking records and doing things like that, and that's something that I think we're missing out on is a, is an appreciation for the past. Um, you know, an example is that old school motorsports event we just had. What about that? You know, uh, do do a lot of people know Everett Jasmer or Jim Cramer? Um, and is that our fault? I mean, those are a lot of things to look at, uh, a lot of things to think about. But uh, the media in monster trucks needs to change i think there needs to be some additions i think there also needs to be some some subtractions and uh, we're not quite sure what all those are we're just throwing out ideas here and things that we've thought about but uh we'd love to have your guys' opinions uh, thoughts guys if any promoter out there or anyone has any more questions about the live streaming streaming methods please email us i'll be more than glad i know myself dust and all of us be more than glad to uh talk you through that and and get you on the right direction to uh help you get that at your show well, we brought up an interesting point, you know, and an interesting discussion topic with, you know, live streaming of events. Another big, you know, another big thing to take into consideration, of course, is television. That's where you're going to get your largest audiences and your most viewers and your most worthwhile coverage, I think. Um, you know, the most bang for your buck. And to me, it always seems like the television coverage in monster truck racing has been a step behind. Um, you know, a lot of the in most cases now, it's really difficult to see an event that you recently went to or something like that, you know, a major stadium event, within a reasonable amount of time after that event. Uh, outside of Las Vegas, most of these events don't see television until three and four and five months after the fact. Um, you know, with Philadelphia this past June, it didn't recently see the air until, I believe, just around Christmas. And, uh, you know, that's a good six-month time frame. Um, you know, outside of Las Vegas, which is the only event that really gets aired within a month of happening, most of the, you know, most of the season doesn't see airing until after the entire season's done, which I think is something that's kind of difficult for fans to be able to follow and track. And that's why we've seen so much homegrown media and coverage, you know, with sites like ourselves and others that are that have sprung up and try and cover this industry. Um, yeah, maybe you know, we don't want them to do so well. While Monster might be out of a job, but, uh, you're hitting on a good <laughs> point there. Um, I, I, I like uh, I like what you're saying, though. In all seriousness, I mean, I I think that the the media for something like NASCAR, regardless of your opinions on that, it's live, it's there, and you know, on Sunday there's going to be football, there's going to be NASCAR, it's going to be live. 
and they fill the downtime just fine in those sports. I don't see why they can't do it in monster trucks. And as, as far as we've come with show flow and things like that, uh, we've done an Atlanta event live, and it's intense. And the people that I talked to that worked that show said, you know, it was really intense. It was difficult, but we did it. I think the more they do it, the better they get at it, and, uh, you know, the better it would be for the sport. You know, there, there was some talk earlier this year, without saying too much, there was some talk of doing that again. I don't know why it didn't happen, but uh, I would like to see something like that happen more often. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, for a, lot, a long time there was a you know discussion as to whether or not does monster truck racing translate into a, you know, a live-friendly format. A lot of debate over whether or not it should be even bothered with because a lot of people didn't think that there was... There was enough action going on during a monster truck event in order to keep the fans entertained and occupied and everything like that. And, you know, we saw with the Atlanta event, there was little to no downtime at all going on with that event. The changeover time from racing to freestyle was phenomenal. Uh, the production as a whole, I thought, was phenomenal. Everybody that was involved in that project did an excellent job, really top-notch work. And I think, it, you know, a lot of us were hoping to see more of that, you know, in the future. And, uh, you know, I don't know if necessarily we have to go to, you know, a more regularly live product, for, per se. But, you know, to be able to have, you know, a few events live or to be able to get a coverage within a reasonable amount of time. You know, I look at, you know, other forms of motorsports out there. You have the Lucas Oil Series, you know, a short course off-road racing series. They're having their events on speed within, you know, a month of them happening. You know, I was watching an event last night that at one point I thought, hang on a second, is this a 2010 event? And then I looked and I was like, no, this is this is the 2011 event that happened just a month ago. And then they've already got a turnaround on that. Uh, and then you look at, you know, with another, you know, uh, Feld Entertainment entity, Supercross. You look at Supercross, they have multiple live events throughout the year. And for those events that aren't, you know, available live, Usually the turnaround is by Sunday evening in which you can watch that entire event on speed or CBS or one of their many television partners. And I really feel like that, you know, right now I don't believe the desire is there or the necessary means is there for Monster Jam to go in that model. But I feel like if you make a push for it and give people a reason to follow Monster Jam more seriously, like, you know, a regular motorsport, I really do believe that there could be a following right there to where you could have weekly viewers t tuning in every Saturday or Sunday to watch these events. Dustin, I agree completely, and, and that was a point that I was just about to bring up, was the uh, with what you just talked about, the time that it takes for them to show a show that has happened is, uh, is a little too long for me. Um, you know, if they did it like, you know, like the Lucas Oil a month after, a month after, that'd be fine with me. But we got to wait, you know, six months just to see one show that happened, you know, last, last summer. That, that's not, that's not right. I think if everything was a little bit quicker, you know, even at the, so people can, you know, keep up with the, how the, you know, who's going to be at the World Finals, so on and so forth like that, you're going to even have more people that want to go to the World Finals. And hey, guess what? You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna put that somehow either on TV, on pay per view, live stream, or do whatever, and, and that's just a win win for you. The interesting thing you brought up that I was gonna point out too to sort of close this out was the uh, was the pay per view. Uh, we had that for the first, I believe, uh, three World Finals 
and uh, for whatever reason it went away. I don't know if that was to encourage ticket sales. I don't know if that was because the sales of the pay-per-view didn't go well or the all, all of the changes in uh, who owned what is now Feld Entertainment Motorsports. But uh, regardless, you, you have to look at the bottom line once again. Hate to keep beating the same horse, but, uh, you know, money is, money is uh, what makes the world go around and what makes, uh, you know, the promoters like Monster Jam, Checkered Flag, you know, uh, everybody else go around. And uh, if you can't make extra money by doing a live, screen, live stream, if you can't make extra money by doing, you know, live events, uh, then the in the short term uh, is what a lot of people look at. I believe maybe uh, spend a little money to make a little money. Um, you know, maybe your returns aren't as good right away, but two, three years down the road, a good business plan usually involves you losing a little bit of money at the start and then having things turn around. I think this could turn around. I think that Monster Jam, Monster Trucks in general, are exploding in popularity, and uh, everybody wants more, 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 more. And uh, if if they can figure a way to do this and not have the cost of produ- production shoot through the roof, then um, I think we should go for it. I think this should happen. I think that uh, the media coverage needs to be expanded. Yeah, I, I think you know it, you, you have to look at it and take baby steps here because it's not going to be something like all of a sudden overnight. We're going to have every major stadium event live, you know, on whatever network. Um, You know, it's baby steps, really. You don't have to have everything, you know, live right away. You don't even have to have anything live. I think really just being able to have a quicker turnaround, you know, can help things out dramatically. Um, You know, because it's difficult to follow, you know, first quarter unless you're online every other day you know, looking for results, you know, keeping track of everything because, you know, the turnaround time on television is so, you know, the vast difference between when the event occurs and when the event airs on television is just so vast. It's really become, it's, you know, it's such a difficult thing now to be able to, because when I finally get a chance to see, say, like an event that happens at the end of the season, like Jacksonville, a lot of the times the event is kind of fresh to me. Maybe that's a good point, but the event's kind of fresh to me because, I'll forget what happened to Jacksonville because, I mean, we've already seen, you know, probably, you know, fan-posted YouTube videos and photos and, you know, event recaps and stuff like that. But by the time that, you know, say an event like Jacksonville, which takes place in February, doesn't usually get aired until, say, until December, you know, you, you tend to forget what happened. You know, and I think that's something that needs to be fixed. You know, that's, I, I don't think that's a good good thing that occurs when people like myself and those of us who care deeply and follow the industry, you know, a lot that when we're forgetting that it's been so long that event since an event's happened that we're forgetting what, what's going to be on television. And uh, I, I think that speaks some, I think that speaks volumes as far as, you know, just how drastic the turnaround time is, you know, with what, you know, our television, you know, base is right now. Um, you know, six months, I don't think, is something that's going to keep people tuning in and following. You know, it's hard to find out when these events are actually going to be aired. You know, I could turn on speed on a given, any given Saturday and hope that there's a new episode, but really there's no telling when anything new is going to come on. Definitely. It needs to be upgraded. We will, Again, we would like to know what you guys think. Email btl at allmonster.com. And check us out on Facebook. Be sure to hit us up. 
Go to your search bar and type in allmonster.com on track. Hit us with comments, hit us with messages, let us know your opinions, let us know your ideas. To add on to what we have, this is something we'd like to make an ongoing discussion here on Beyond the Lens. Uh, We think this is important, we think this is interesting, and we'd like to discuss it some more. Uh, Again, no offense to any particular promoter, TV group, or anything at all. Uh, We would like to just bring this to the forefront and uh, have some dialogue on this. So we want to thank you guys for listening this week. Next week, we will be checking out all the action from the previous weekend's events, as well as some more discussion, hopefully, on this media thing. So, guys, any final thoughts? I really feel like that, you know, media is something that should be embraced in this sport. I really feel like that. I really hope that in the near future we'll see a more open-minded approach to the media um, in any way, shape, or form. I really feel like that is a vital element in making this sport go forward. As the saying goes, you can't do everything by yourself. You need help from others. And, hey, you know what? You need the help from the media. So Definitely good points all around. We'd like to hear from you guys. Be sure to email, once again, btl at allmonster.com. And be sure to search us up on Facebook, allmonster.com on track. Leave us discussion, leave us comments, and hit us up. Thank you for listening to allmonster.com's Beyond the Lens, and we will see you next week. And that's it for this edition of the allmonster.com Beyond the Lens. On behalf of everyone here at the show, please tune in next time, and thank you.